Hey everyone, we hope you're having a great week. My name is Eric Johnson, and along with my wife Candace, we are the lead pastors of Studio. We are based in Greenville, South Carolina, and we just want to take a moment and say hello and say thanks for listening to this podcast. So with that, let's get right to it. He is risen. I want to take just the next few minutes before we close tonight to take a step back and, and ask the question, what, what's happening on a grand scale and what's, what's going on in, in the different dimensions and layers of Jesus going to the cross and dying and resurrecting? And, you know, on the surface, there's so much going on. But I would also say in every dimension in all of existence, a lot more is going on. You know, every dimension is deeply emotional, very dynamic. If you look at, it's hard for us in Western society to understand how deeply entrenched the entire culture and society of this era was entrenched in religion and law. Everything that was legal because it was a religion built around it. So the whole structure of life was determined by a religious legal system. And that's hard for us to fully understand that here, but I, I'll just take a moment, just try to, if we can just allow ourselves to imagine the intensity of the society, the way systems and structure, everything was set up with that in mind. And it wasn't done overnight. We're talking centuries of this system, this structure being built. That was basically a religious legal system. And so for the previous three years before Jesus goes to the cross, the, the religious leaders are, they look at Jesus, he is an existential threat to everything they built. I don't know if you've ever been a place in life when something comes along and it threatens everything you're about or everything you do. I don't know if you've ever been in that place, but that's a hard place to be. So this man named Jesus shows up on the scene and the religious leader, they don't know what to do with him. He is the opposite of what the religious system requires. He's turning the world upside down and people are flocking to him. And, and when you study old, old literature and old theology and old um, resources in regard to the era, Christianity was a fringe rogue sect. It wasn't a religion. It was this group of radicals that were completely on the outside of society. Sometimes we think, you know, Christianity, the religious leader didn't like Christianity. No, everything they were experiencing was, this was a rogue sect that was out of control, led by a guy that made no sense to them. Any establishment would have a hard time with that. So you, you have this going on, and then in the human dimension, there are several layers going on. We often forget Jesus was the son of Joseph and Mary. He had a brother. So this moment of him going to the cross, also a family is grieving. And I think sometimes we kind of forget that yeah, Jesus was you know, the Messiah for all of humanity, but remember, he had a family that was grieving, a son and a brother were going to the cross. So you have that happening in the family dimension, and then you have the disciple dimension, the 12, by this point only 11, because one of them committed suicide, because he betrayed Jesus. And then another one with a deep regret 
over denying his association with Jesus. And all the other ones are scattered. They're just like, I don't know, we don't know what to do at all. The converse, can you imagine that the conversation the disciples were having about, was it worth following him for the last three years of our life? Did we make a mistake? Did we, did we, did we completely lose ourselves to this man? And then you have others that were at the cross watching Jesus die. So in that dimension, you've got a lot going on. Then there's another dimension that I'm just going to call the unseen dimension, the intangibles, the things that are outside of time and space. The battle for the soul of humanity had reached its climax. The battle wasn't just good and evil, but it was about the eternal. It was about sin and death. It was about being dead or alive. In the end, it was about God is love. You see, there's a chasm that existed between life and death. And this chasm, prior to the cross, was so vast, there was no way for any human to move from being dead to being alive. There was no way. You can read throughout scripture, and men and women tried their best to cross this chasm from dead to being alive, but it was impossible. So in this unseen dimension, this is going on. Imagine living in a time and era where your soul is in such confusion, such darkness, shame, and guilt, and there's no way out of it. Like every day is the same as yesterday. It's just gotten worse. Then you wake up again tomorrow. There is no such thing as new beginnings in this era. You just hoped something would happen. I don't know about you, but that sounds like a really tough time to have any realm of faith. So the hopelessness that was ravaging humanity was peaking. You see, what was happening when Jesus was going to the cross of the unseen dimension, the soul of humanity was hitting it. The battle for the soul of humanity was reaching its peak. Imagine in your own life, you had no way to put a period in the middle of your story. Imagine you had all these unfortunate circumstances that led to you making really bad decisions and you committing sin. And you had no way to end that cycle. Just kept going, kept going, kept going. No matter what you did, it just kept going. This is what's happening in the unseen dimension. Imagine not having the ability to have a fresh start or a new beginning. You were left to survive the rules and regulations got stricter and more stringent with the hope it would reconcile the deep longing to be rid of this guilt and shame. There was only one way to resolve this chasm, this great divide, in which no human could find its way across from being dead to being made alive. This is why Jesus endured the most brutal, violent, barbaric way of dying that man had invented, and that was the crucifixion. So here we are, we're at a point in the story that we've seen tonight where Jesus was placed in the tomb. And several days goes by and rumor goes out that he's not there anymore. So different gospels that you read, sometimes the disciples ran, but what we do know is the women always ran to the tomb. 
I love that. I think there's something beautiful about the first preachers of the gospel were women. I don't know if you ever realized that, but they were the first preachers of the gospel. Women were the first one preaching about the resurrection of Jesus. So women, way to go. Don't let anybody tell you you can't. I'm going to stay on topic, but I just thought I'd slide that in there for today. In Luke chapter 24, let's, let's read this moment where they come to the tomb. In verse 5, it says this, Then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? I love that line. I've been looking at that verse for so many years. And I don't know about you, but it hits me every time I read it. Why do you seek the living among the dead? And I think we all need to hear that today. We all need to grasp that today. There's nothing alive in your past. There's nothing alive under the weight of sin. There's nothing for you there. Uh, and this moment when they, they go to the tomb and they say, why do you seek the living among the dead? Because Jesus is no longer dead. I don't, can't help but wonder how many of us are trying to go into our path and fix it. Or trying to find life about our own efforts. And here the angel says, there's nothing alive there. And the thing about life, it's not static. It doesn't stay in one place. And I love that, that Jesus went into the tomb, but because he was alive, he left it. He left a place where dead things are. And I want to remind each and every one of us today, tonight, that life moves. Life is movement, it's motion, it's going somewhere. But the next phrase is another phrase I want to read, and it's the next part of the verse that He is not here, but is risen. Say that with me. He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. When he said, when the angel said, he is not here, this chasm from being dead to being made alive, something changed. The chasm no longer existed and Jesus became the pathway to step into life. How many in this room remember when you were dead? How many remember when there was nothing you could do to experience being alive? But it was because of Jesus. So when they said, he is not here, this is what happened in the unseen realm. We know what happened in the disciple realm. Confusion. What do you mean? Wait, Jesus is not dead? He's alive? And then the family is like, wait, wait, our son, my brother's not dead? And then the religious system's like, whoa, 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 what's going on here? So we know in all those dimensions, but the unseen dimension is the one we need to be talking about. And that is the chasm between life and death no longer existed, and you could go from dead to be made alive. This is the game changer. This changes everything about our existence. And so tonight, I want us to remind ourselves that he is not here, he is risen. And that he is the one that created a pathway from being made dead to being alive. So why don't you stand with me? 
Thanks for listening, and we hope this talk benefits you in every way possible. For more information about Studio, you can go to studiogreenville.com or go to Instagram and look for studio.greenville. We would also love it if you would leave a review and hit those five stars. Other than that, have a great week, and we'll see you soon.